Welcome to This Biz Life, the podcast that uncovers the heart of entrepreneurs through their story. I'm your host, Lizzie McCauley, a copywriter and copy coach with a massive soft spot for small business owners and entrepreneurs. I truly believe that storytelling is at the core of building any business and that our unique story is our marketing superpower. Each episode, I'll introduce you to a new business owning legend brave enough to share their story. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be inspired to share yours too. Ready to roll? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of This Biz Life. I am your chief copy pal, Lizzie McCauley, as the intro might have suggested. I help people with their words. I help them turn their words into money, and it is a whole lot of fun. And today I have my very first international guest. I have the amazing Cheryl with us today. So Cheryl is um, a very good friend of mine. She's a serial entrepreneur. She owns uh, Made Bright Cleaning and is a growth strategist for uh, cleaning business owners. She helps her clients master the art of selling, learn to hire their dream teams and scale their businesses to six figures and beyond. She is the mum to 20-year-old son, Dylan, and lives in Boston, Massachusetts with her husband and her son. Holy moly, Cheryl, what a CV. How are you doing? I'm good. This is my first international podcast as Whoa, well. Oh, see, so we're, <laughs> we're crossing international boundaries together. <laughs> it's great. So I don't think, I'm not sure if I have shared any of the episodes with you yet. So this might be all totally new to you, how we go about this little podcast. So essentially what we do is we go through every week and we sort of dive into your story because I truly believe, as it kind of said in the intro as well, that our our life story and our brand story, they kind of interlink as small business owners, as entrepreneurs. So I like to get into the nitty gritty of that also because I'm a great big snoop and I think it's kind of interesting. So so we have a series of questions and I ask them to every guest. They're the same questions, um, only... (laughs) to peek behind the curtain a little bit, break the fourth wall, you've only just seen these. So we're either going to get a really strong off-the-cuff response or no response at all. So this is going to be a a mystery episode, huh? (laughs) Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, it sounds like we could just dive straight in there. Let's start with with the big question, the number one question that everybody wants sort of an answer to is, what's your story? Let's let's talk about where you're from, where you've been, where you're going. All right. So I'm from a, a town 30 minutes north of Boston. So not technically Boston, um, but north of Boston, north Andover. Uh, I was a musician growing up. I wanted to be a rock star. Ah, <laughs> that's, yeah. the truth. that's the oh. truth. That's how it started. Um, I played <laughs> piano. And I don't even know if you know this. I played piano. I learned how to write songs. Um, I wrote songs in Nashville, Tennessee, which oh, over here is the big music capital. One of them anyways. No, absolutely. Got a few things published and then I had my son. So my whole life changed sure. um, at that point. So mm-hmm. it was more difficult for me to travel because that was a plane ride. That was a couple of hours away by plane. Yeah. So it was more difficult for me to travel when he was younger. And then I became a single parent. So uh-huh. I was like, okay. So we had some 
life-altering changes that happened kind of all at once. So from that point, I needed to kind of focus on you're making an income, doing odd odd jobs. I have a degree in bachelor's degree in criminal justice, and I did nothing with it. Yeah, because I wasn't interested in once I got out of school, I, I worked in an office because I wanted to be or thought I wanted to be a paralegal. And then when I worked in the office, I realized I hated sitting at a desk all day. <laughs> so I discovered some stuff about myself midway, but I had a college degree, so it was fine. But I liked moving around. Sure. Um, I liked being around people. So I was a, a, a server, a bartender, that type of thing. It made good money. But, so, but when I had my son, the hours changed. I couldn't sure. be out late. Right. So I decided I always like to keep a clean house. So I said, oh, I could clean other people's houses and make, you know, make a decent amount of money coming in because it was all going to me. Yeah. So that's what I did. I put an ad in the paper, um, got a few clients. And then <laughs> Not in always the paper. Had- <laughs> you know, those were the days. Every- that, the paper that was time <laughs> ago. I don't even, they don't do the paper anymore but at the right. time they still did classifieds nice <laughs> so so that's what I did I got one my first client I still have today and he's no 80, 80 years old yeah mm-hmm. so you have it so all of this is, is sort of centered around where you where you live where you grew up like you haven't really moved too far away is that no, I've still stayed. I'm in a town 10 minutes from um, my parents' house still. No way. That's amazing. So you, you achieved um, everything from from the from the base, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it was um it was interesting. So I started cleaning houses and I put my caddy together and you know, I was younger and I could do a bunch of houses in a day and not feel phased. You know, when you're 30, you're like, woo, I can do anything. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> things have changed for sure but you've been such a physical person I know like we we know each other beyond this podcast we know we've sort of had a lot of time to talk to each other and I know for a fact that you're you're quite physical person you like to train you like to be moving so it's kind of not surprising then that being at a desk didn't didn't suit you that well put me to sleep put you to sleep honestly honestly there's so much I didn't know about you, even though like we've we've looked at your 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 um story in the past for certain things. Yeah. There's so much more. There's so many more layers, Cheryl. This is why we have these conversations. I love the layers. Because <laughs> so, yeah. you, you you've done you've done you've done. Obviously, we we get to we get to adulthood and we try lots of things. I think, but this mm. is as as pretty cool to think about you know, all the different paths your life could have taken, could have been a rock star, could have been a lawyer, could have been. But it wasn't once my son, once I got pregnant, it was not. No. No. I became not an option. Well, <laughs> no, but the right path clearly showed itself. So the, the ads, yeah. ads started rolling, the clients started rolling. You were doing other things at the same time as well, weren't you? So how it happened is I was, you know, like I said, I was cleaning houses yeah. by myself. Yeah. Had a couple of people help me here and there, friends, nothing serious. I came under the table as what we call under the table. I don't know if you call it the yeah, same thing. Yeah, like cash in hand, I think. Same, same, yes. though, right? Yeah. 
<clears throat> so that's how I would do it. And then, okay, so my son was now three. Mm. And then I couldn't wean him off the pacifier. Oh, the joy. Okay? So he was addicted to that thing. <laughs> really bad. And so I wrote a nursery rhyme song called The Pacifier Pixie. And it was a rhyme to help him, just fun and help him, you know, wean off the pacifier. My cousin at the same time had a private daycare in her home. She was an early childhood specialist and she always wanted to write a book. Mm. So we created this book and song called The Passy Pixie. (laughs) <laughs> which helped children wean off pacifiers. Her oh. husband was a graphic designer. I, nice. I, you know, I should have actually gotten a picture of it to show you. He designed a doll and then we made the doll. Oh. And then we all of a sudden had this business, but it was started from creation. It was started from not no money, no data. It was just sure. pure creation. So that was the funnest part of the business. Right. And then I entered an accelerator program Mm. for the business, became one of the finalists, won some money. We made a hundred prototypes of it, sold those, got our proof of concept, then got an investor and made 10,000 pieces in China. So we manufactured in China. We learned how to do that, which was wild. (laughs) And then we went to um, a bunch of toy fairs, like New York Toy Fair, some in Las Vegas, which is out west, somewhere else. Where was it? The south. And we started selling these products and getting them into a lot of the stores. But at the end of the, it's such an expensive business. We had some investment money, but we needed millions to get it off the ground. And nobody wants to invest in a toy company. They want to invest in the next app. Sure. Sure. Especially in Boston. So Boston's like the second Palo Alto. So Palo Alto's in California. It's like the... As, you know, Boston's all techie. Gotcha. <laughs> I think uh, I think most people think of Boston and think of I don't know Ivy League and think of Harvard and on the one yes. side, and then maybe like spectacular accents on the other other side. <laughs> like, There's a great innovation. There's great innovation in Boston. There's huge biotech cool. technology. Um, so I went to pitch for money and I was unsuccessful because they weren't looking for that yeah how did that feel then like to to come so far with that and then sort of stall because people didn't have the same vision as you we I mean we didn't lose money we broke even so by the time you get it and what people don't understand is when you have a physical product Mm. and you get it into the stores that's only the beginning yeah right they want you to pay them if so if you're go to like a walmart for example you go to the store and they have an end cap where they have all the end products the owner of that company has to pay for that marketing yeah, and it's sure. thousands of dollars yeah right and you don't even once you sell the product you don't even you know even it's hard to make money yeah, I can imagine. You have to have a lot of money behind you with products. Especially when your competition is sort of billion oh. dollar, multi-billion That's dollar right. uh, companies, you know, and you, you guys are, are awesome, but three people can right. to, or, or however many by the time you got to market. 
but compared to that that buying power or, or like the budget even to to market or to just say yeah we want it on this shelf or to you know change the packaging when you feel like or whatever it happens to be it's, oh that's true because you go make it do you make you know um like a 10 a run of like ten thousand. of course china has minimums they have minimums of sure. each patent yes we had one doll and we had three little forest friends oh, they're all plush stuffed animals and then a book so we had five different ones um so but they wanted you to make so many units of each yes doll each stuffed animal so and then if you go change something then you have to change the whole thing oh, it's, so it's a lot so there was a lot involved um so as this is going on i'm still cleaning wow in the back yeah <laughs> yeah because you didn't have enough to do at that stage. <laughs> I, was working, I was working all the time, but it was, it was fun. It was awesome. It was fun. I learned a lot. Not every business you do is going to be successful. Mm. And that's the reality yeah. of the things. Well, um, this is true. Like you can, you, it's not, it's not only down to effort. I mean, effort comes up a lot, especially in our conversations. Effort is a big part of it, but it's, there's sometimes there's, there's more elements than that to, to whether or not you succeed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's sad i still have a bunch of units that i like oh. in a storage unit i don't know i have to you sell know, them but no i mean you could just start giving them out as gifts to like clients kids or something it's funny yeah. we i think we were meant to meet cheryl because i uh i uh, we, we we would call a pacifier a dummy here and my girls had their dummies both until they were three they were they they only had them for sleep time. My husband's a dentist, so we did like sleep. My time. father's a dentist. No, see the symmetry of our our existence. That's funny. <laughs> see? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's so, so I made up the dummy fairy who <laughs> hey, they may listen back to this when they're older and yeah. hopefully see that it came from a loving place rather than just a blatant lie. But <laughs> We gave we 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 told them at three that the dummy fairy was going to come and take their dummies away and give them to little babies who needed them more, but instead mm-hmm. they would get get a gift from the dummy fairy and we made a big song and dance about it. So Passy Pixie Dummy Fairy, you know we oh, all have characters, but it definitely it made it made it easier. So maybe I should have known about the Passy Pixie, uh, you know. <laughs> A couple of years okay, back, I'll send you one. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because <laughs> they, yeah, they didn't because because they had that sort of narrative in their head. It really made, yeah. made it a lot easier to let go. I bet funny. Yeah, I bet there's stuff in our own lives that if we had a different narrative, would be easy to let go of that as well. We need uh, adult <laughs> versions of Patsy. We had the book in a bunch of dentist offices. Nice. We had dentists give us testimonials that after a certain age, it starts to interfere with the growth of the teeth. It does. Too. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So we've uh, we've let go. We've still got the cleaning. We've let go of the the toy uh, business. Yeah. Yeah. What's next? Okay. So I started continuing to clean Mm. and then I said to myself then I went back to waitressing so now my son is older at this point Jay my husband he's in the picture now so Jay came into the picture when Dylan my son was 12 Mm. (laughs) you get the timeline I know I'm trying to piece it all together (laughs) he has a business background too he was in mortgages and ran mortgage offices 
through that horrendous crash in, in mm-hmm. 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go back to serving and then I, then, then I hurt my back. Mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, cleaning doesn't hurt my back. So I should get some more cleaning jobs and back off on the waitressing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And I went to Facebook. So now Facebook is big now at this time. Yeah. And I said, Oh, I'm just going to put a couple of, you know, free ads in the community groups, like the moms groups. I'm mm-hmm. sure you have there. So I started to do that. Then I started to get more jobs. So then I had like 10 jobs. Nice. Five a week I was doing by myself. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Okay. Right. I'm starting to bring in some more money. And then the 10 jobs turned into 25 jobs. Wow. And 25 jobs turned into 50 jobs. So Within the year of me waitressing, I hired my first real employee, quit the restaurant, and I looked at Jay and I said, okay, we're going to go for this. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And then we, and then we just then we just built. We built and we hired people. He has a tech background too. Mm. So we put some technology, some software programs, nice. tracking, you know, scheduling, things like that, um, payroll. And then it, it just completely snowballed and I kept doing the social media um, proof over and over and over again. Yeah. And now we have over 300 clients. That's amazing. And that's, that's what, what was, that was about over six, six years, is it? I can't math. So from the first real employee to now was only four years. Jeez, Cheryl. Fast. So it was fast. Yeah, that's a lot of growth to kind of keep up with yeah. as well. How did you feel as it, as it was growing? Did you, like, there must have been kind of a bit of, this is amazing, I'm so pleased we're doing this, but also, holy crap, you know. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, it was both. <laughs> it was both. So I was still in the field. I, that's what we call it in the cleaning business, still yeah. in the field. But then a little while back, I hurt my back so bad I couldn't continue to clean. Mm. And the business had relied upon me if we got a call out. So if an employee had a call out, oh, Cheryl will just go out and fill sure. it. Yeah. Um, but Cheryl started to get tired. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my talents are sales and marketing. That's where I need to be. Yeah. I don't need to be in the houses anymore. And I had paid my dues. I had cleaned nice. houses for a long time. So well, Cheryl um, became HQ in the end. Yeah. Yeah. We just made the transition. I said I had to make a decision and say I am no longer going to go out there and we are going to learn how to be great bosses, mm. learn how to attract the right people to work for us. Yeah. Because that's a huge struggle. Yeah, for um, sure. Create a company culture, put the systems in place so we don't have people calling in at the last minute. You have to have systems and protocols and rules, if you yeah, will. Yeah, for sure. Um, and well, that's like kids, isn't it? Like they 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 kind of thrive on having boundaries as, as much as it sounds kind of boring to put them in place. Like having having boundaries for employees or for children or for whoever. At least everybody understands that. where they understand where they stand. I guess a hundred percent. You're right. They yeah, people do actually crave. What's the word I'm looking for? Order. Yeah, for sure. Order. Yeah. You always struggle with it in the beginning, but we just kept at it and didn't quit. And now we have a commercial, we have a residential. So we do homes, we do businesses. um, And we also do power washing. It's just all build its brand, it's brand building and trust. Yes. Yes. I've, I've seen your, your branding 
everywhere, even over here. Like I suppose it's because I'm in your orbit, but it's so it's so effortless to go. Do you know what? That's the best choice because you know you've done a great job of of mastering that organic stuff. I've ne- you never know until someone else tells you. I just go and do. I just create what feel what feels right, and then people say, "Oh, no, no." And it, though it may look effortless, mm. it's, it's taken a long time. Oh, of course. But that's <laughs> how you get to look effortless is by by doing it over and over and over again. I, I mean, this is something that I talk to my girls about all the time. It's like, oh, it's hard. I don't want to do it. I don't want to learn it. I'm like, buddy, it's the only way that it gets easier is to keep doing it. You know, <laughs> oh, it's totally, and and most people will will give up. Well, I, I suppose, like the, I bet, even in your growth phase, while well, you're still in your growth phase, I suppose we early stages of that. I bet there were moments where you went, "Whoa, this is this is too much. I don't know if I can handle it." Sometimes we would. The biggest thing was learning how to attract the right employees. Yeah, to put the, those systems in place so they respected you it felt like a real business so they would come you know they have to trust you yeah they have to know that you have their back and that's difficult for some business owners for sure it's a difficult skill to attain sometimes especially if you don't have the right guidance if you have the right guidance then it'll be a lot easier for you but if you when you struggle on your own it's very it's very difficult take you a long time yeah and so that's what you do now basically and that's where we're up to so we've got the the big cleaning business, but also what's taking off too is the teaching other people how to do it for themselves thing because wouldn't it have been so great for you to have you several years ago telling you here's how you do it <laughs> instead of going, ah, I don't know. <laughs> would have been a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> it would have yeah. been a lot faster. I went through a lot of trial and error. I had to try things. Some things worked. A lot of things didn't work. If I had to do it all over again, I would have hired someone that had done it before me and gave me an easier path. Yeah, for sure. Gave me an easier way to do it than than struggling how I did. Because most people will give up at a certain point. Mm. It's just because it's too hard. hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that, do you think too hard physically or too hard logistically? or, Or what do you think is the thing that people get? I know that the hiring is a big one. But like yeah. emotionally, internally, what do you think they get tripped up on? So what I think is when the the owner of the company has to be in the field and clean, yeah. and then they also have to do the schedule, do the payroll, do yeah. the sales and the marketing. So picture being in the house, being intent, cleaning a kitchen, and then having to take phone calls and booking estimates. Like it's, yes. it gets yeah. very, it's distracting. Mm very distracting. So it's like actually almost impossible to build a business, um, be in the field and grow it because there's just not enough time in the day. So if you're cleaning um, till four o'clock in the afternoon and then you come home, most women have children, then they start the second job. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's the family life. Yeah. Um, There's no time for the other stuff. So, and that's where if they don't get the help they need to learn how to leverage and delegate, mm. usually at some point they will close the business or they'll just keep 10 clients, 12 clients and not mm. scale it. You have to have systems to scale. There's no way around it. 
No, because then you get stuck though, don't you, in that cycle of, well, I've got to keep going. There's no exit strategy. If uh, you, you like you keep to your clients and, and that's it and you can't scale because, you know, that's that's one, one type of scary and you don't quite know how to do it. But for me, I think, it, yeah, a completely different type of scary is having no way out. Like that's your income. And as soon as you yeah. stop working, then you have no money. Like that, that's that's pretty scary. And like I, I'm a obviously I'm a self-employed person as well. So I have that same thing. It's just a different, different application of skill, but same idea is to is to find ways to scale and grow your business so that you don't have to worry about like what happens when I don't want to do this anymore, you know. Well, and that's the thing. That's that's what happens, is it? And I've had a couple of clients that have been, you know, a, like a little bit on the older side, and they've been doing this for 20 years, being in the field and cleaning, and they're looking at their lives and they're saying, I can't physically do this forever. Yeah. And so they're going to have to shut down and go get a job, or they're going to have to quickly learn how to hire people, train people, because yes. then it becomes... Now you have to become a master trainer to send these people out in the field to do your job so you can be in the office doing all the other stuff. Yeah, getting them getting them work to do, I guess, as well as part of it. It's super fascinating. I think as women, as mothers, we're just used to multitasking and doing everything. So yeah. to add one more thing, we know it's going to get done. Yeah. So we're just like, oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. But <laughs> In this type of a business, it's so physical. Yes. So that next, I got it, could end you up in laid up in bed like I was with a back injury. <laughs> For sure. And that's the um, thing is I bet I'd, I'd, I'd be really surprised if there weren't warning signs before your back went, but you just kind of kept plowing on, right? There was. Oh, yeah. But then when you get in that cycle of you, you have no one to go, yeah. clean the house you have yeah. to do it to make money and it gets scary um sure. and that's what i try to help cleaning business owners with is yeah. help them see they need to learn how to hire and hire well yeah run the ship train train the staff so they can go out and clean the houses for you then you get a break so then you get that most coveted thing that every business owner wants which is time freedom <laughs> i think the time freedom is more important than the money yeah, absolutely. We've got well, what all the money mean? in the world. Well, yeah, all the money in the world, but no time to enjoy your your life, your family. Like you know, we don't. We none of us have started businesses to purely just grind and grind and grind until what? You know? Well, right. And that was my personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you've since seen this myself. Right? You found found a way to sort of get that balance. Yes. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm no choice we had to well this is it I just came to a crossroad where I was like I'm gonna end up a cripple (laughs) (laughs) we had staff I was in the field with the staff but I had to completely come out of the field and what I did is create leaders so I created a level of management where the leaders were now the ones running the show out there and they would report back to me so as soon as I did that and put, you know, trust and faith all into my leaders, the whole business changed for me. I was like, wait a minute, I, I can get up in the morning and work from home and not go out there and clean a refrigerator? Yes. Say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who wouldn't enjoy just a, a bit of managing things while you're still in your pajamas? You know, that's fine. <laughs> 
fun. That's what you want. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said I'd never done work in my PJs. I mean, yeah, keep looking. That's the thing. Yeah, I have no colleagues, so nobody's going to judge me. Yeah. <laughs> I might judge me a little, though, you know. So I think that kind of tells us a lot about your story, wouldn't you say? Anything that you've got in the back of your head that we haven't covered yet? Um, I don't think so. No, I think that's a fabulous place to, to, to wind up question one. So question two, I, I have a sense that I, I might know the answer to question two, but what's your greatest triumph, Cheryl? Triumph. Would, would having my son be a triumph or no? Probably not. It's your life, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. If we're, if we're referring to business, a triumph in business is being able to not work in my business and work on my business. That Absolutely. was the biggest triumph. Yeah. Well, I think there are two excellent triumphs though as well. <laughs> Especially yeah. like what you've managed to achieve on your on your own, on your own, and you know, and still raise a really lovely kid as well. It's uh it's pretty impressive, man. <laughs> he's a good kid. And the great thing is that he's starting to develop his discipline of his own so isn't it amazing how much of a long game this whole this parenting thing is in that you know you do you do your best all the way along you do whatever you can but you don't see the fruits of that until way 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 down the track right? <laughs> I think they imitate you and you don't realize that they imitate you yeah all right question three what's something that surprised you in your life, Cheryl? Getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you would. <laughs> but you wouldn't change a thing because here we are. Oh, no, no. I, no, worked no. Out. I was yeah. older. I was 31 when I had him. So, you know, it wasn't like I was 18 or anything. So oh. I was like, well, okay, I'm, thir- I'm 31. You know, it wasn't. But it was a surprise, but it was the best surprise. Yeah. Had you, uh, in your life up to that point, had you ever pictured having kids? Were you that type of person or you just thought, no, nah, it's not for me? I didn't think I was going to have kids because I was dead set on being a rock star. <laughs> Which is an awesome career to have. Even rock stars <laughs> have kids sometimes, Cheryl. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious whether you need to, like, start picking up your instruments and your, your musicals <laughs> yourself again. I mean... I don't know. I have a big grand piano in the living room nice. and I haven't, I haven't played it in a while. My husband's always like, we could put a, another couch there and move that somewhere else. I'm like, oh. we will not touch that. <laughs> so it's kind of aspirational then. You, you have it there looking at you, waiting for you to come play it. And one day you'll come back to it. Cause I will sit down and play it again one day. Yeah. I played all my life. Nice. I went to, I went to, I mean, I played I, since I've been seven. The first two years of my college, I, I was a piano performance major. So I play, played all my life. Nice. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so it's never far from your from your uh-huh. existence then. I can see concerts in your future. You can start <laughs> playing the local bars and just being. Yeah, no. Back on Done the that. To make Cheryl happy <laughs> now that you have more yeah. time freedom, you know. Yeah. you've put in all the hard yards all this time yeah. and now your son probably needs you slightly less because he is what 20 right 20, yeah yeah so you never know maybe the career is going to come come back full circle their music career all right oh. question four we're rattling through them now what's a moment 
you wish you could do over, you think? This is a tough one. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if I would do anything over. Mm. Mm. I, I can't I can't think of anything. That's cool. Yeah. That, that means you've you've lived a, a life that, with a true path, right? I've been, I've tried many things in my life. So I've what's the word? And I didn't do it on this scale, but Madonna, she reinvented herself a lot. Mm. I reinvented myself a lot in different businesses. Because you do so, real estate, you're a realtor for a bit as well, right? I so I got my license in real to be a realtor back right before I had my son. Mm. So I was doing that as well. So so I was doing that and then I got pregnant. And so I was selling real estate and I was a, a bartender. Jeez. <laughs> um so when I couldn't work in the, the bar anymore, you know, um, the sports bar, I still had the real estate income. Nice. And now I got a big belly so I could still work. <laughs> um, but then that sort of transitioned into the cleaning because I would offer, I, when I would try go for a listing appointment to try and sell the house, I would offer to clean their homes for them for the open house. And yeah. that was sort of a selling point to get the listing. Nice. And then- Cleaning just, you know, it kind of grew from there. All right, Cheryl, you've made it to the final question. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. You've made it. What is your parting lesson for our listeners? The only one that is stopping you from success is you. True story. Oh, that's a good one. Mm, self-sabotage. Mm. 95% of businesses fail because they self-sabotage their business themselves. That is a big stat. Mm. Well, maybe not. Maybe maybe eighty-five, ninety. <laughs> it's close, though. It's a, a lot of people have self-doubt. Yeah, belief issues, and that was one thing. And thank God, I never had. I always believed that I could do something when I when I put my mind to it. When I said, "Oh, that let, let's try that," I think we could be good at that. I just never looked back, and I figured out how to do it. I never had Easy. belief issues. I've been blessed with that. Yes. I know that's super difficult for people, but it's true though. The only one that really is stopping you in life from achieving what you want is you. Yeah. I even see that. I see that a lot, even just in uh, in the membership in my space, in that there's a lot of people have have exceptional ideas, but they're they're so hesitant to to put them out there. You know, they they're oh, what if what if people don't like it, or I'm not really equipped for this, or whatever is the story in their heads. And the only way to get past that is to change the story in your head, right? Sure. It's tricky. It's not easy. Self confidence stuff that people are afraid to try things because they're afraid to fail. Well, success is all about feeling because you have to fail a bunch of times to get to totally. the success level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you, man. I think that yeah. makes total sense. <gasps> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, nobody yeah. succeeds on their first attempt, or if they do, it's a total flip and fluke, right? Like, <laughs> it's not standard. Very rarely. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I've only been open for three years and I've taken a lot of big swings. Not all of them have landed, and I am fine with yeah. that. At the very least, there's learning that comes out of it as well, and that's just as valuable. You know what to do and what not to do next time. So, the way it is. Yeah. So some people aren't cut out for it and that's okay. Yep. And so then it becomes how far along the track do you go with something that you're not enjoying before you decide this isn't the path for me? 
My father's still working. He's 86. My father oh, has nice. a crazy work ethic. Yeah. He only wow. works in the morning. He only works part-time, but he still still has patience. He's That's crazy. Incredible. He's like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to retire. I'm not <laughs> going to sit around. So I'm like, oh, now I know where I get that work ethic from. Absolutely. The apple has <laughs> not fallen far from the tree at all. <laughs> Holy moly. 86 and still a practicing dentist. Yeah, like wow. that is impressive, man. That's really impressive. He's good. He's still good. He has all his wits about him. He's yeah, just, yeah. just, people it's say all the time, I love your father. He's such a good dentist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Nice. Well, look, that's the end of, that's the end of another episode, Cheryl. Thank you so, so oh, much for joining me. We have had a fun chat today. I know you're already doing this, so I don't even need to say it, but make sure you listen back to this and see if there's any little gems from the back of your subconscious, deep in your memory that you haven't been using in your brand story so far in your marketing, different little nuggets that you can share with your people so that, you know, they get to know you a bit more, your your content's a bit richer, although it's pretty pretty personal I think I think your your content does a great job of connecting and telling your story but also telling your people's story through your own I see people connecting all the time which is fantastic you do a great job of of all of your promotional stuff so you know well done you (laughs) so yeah so that's that's kind of it for today thank you very much for coming along this was awesome. My first international podcast. Here we are. So now you can just say, you know, I'm famous everywhere. So <laughs> that works out great. Look, uh, we've also got the next one. Next week will be our first gentleman interviewee. So, you know, we're keeping the mix. Right. It has yep. been all old ladies to now, but now we're just mm-hmm. changing it up a bit as well. So that's very cool. So that's going to be fun. Uh, up until then, keep keep doing you. Keep trotting along and we'll catch you next time okay bye 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 that's it for another episode of storytelling magnificence thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the episode then i'd love for you to tell your pals leave a review like share or subscribe whatever helps us get our stories into more ear holes i'm about on all the socials at write at copywriting and my name lizzie mccauley until we do it all again next time keep doing you see ya